Welcome to the Outsourced Accountant Podcast. Outsourced Accountant Podcast. This is your go-to podcast if you're the owner of an accounting or bookkeeping firm who is looking to set up and build a high-performing offshore team. Here, you can learn how to complement your local efforts, grow capacity, and deliver more to your clients than ever before. Hear from experts who have done it already. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jenny Moore from More Details, and you're listening to the Outsourced Accountant Podcast. Hi, Jenny. How are you? Welcome to the Outsourced Accountant Podcast. How are you today? Oh, I'm lovely. Thank you so much for having me, Trent. Amazing. We're so glad to have you today on the show. Uh, Jenny, you and I have been friends for a good couple of years. And uh, when I was given the opportunity to jump on the podcast, I thought, who better to do my first one with than a dear friend like yourself? Oh, that's amazing. Yes, we have certainly been uh, in the fintech family for a while, seen a lot of changes and innovation. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm really glad with your new role here. So I can't wait to talk a little bit about our journey. Yeah, thank you. Well, we're excited to dig into it. So, I think for everyone that's uh, never met you before, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you? Tell us the Jenny story and about your business. Oh, okay. Um, So, we've been in practice now for 15 years. It's kind of hard to believe that. Uh, When we first started out, we were doing, you know, the desktop, the paper, traveling back and forth to clients, which was really cute when I was a young mom and uh, it seemed to work well, uh, but it wasn't scalable. And it was taking a lot of my time and a lot of frustration, not only on our part, but also our clients as well. So when the pivot of cloud technology came to the Americas, I jumped on that immediately and just quickly drank up anything that was available to make bookkeeping simple for not only our firm, but for our clients as well. And today we are leveraging clients throughout Canada and the United States. It's uh, it's an incredible journey. Every day I'm learning something brand new. If it's not from my team, it's from my clients. And uh, it's been a, an amazing journey. I love that. Something new. Okay, let's put you on the, on the spot with that then. Tell me something new that you can uh, blow our minds with. The, I'll say this week because I don't want to put you on the spot for something you learned yesterday or today. Yeah. So yeah, this week has been learning about e-commerce. So obviously with current circumstances that are happening, a lot of our clientele are adopting e-commerce. So uh, the Shopify integration with A2X and Zero that had me giggling a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) It's a giggle that only a certain few will understand. And uh, it's the crazy accountants, right? They're like, oh my goodness, I can get the data to flow into. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We like big data. Like one of our Stripe integrations had over 15,000 transactions in one month. So yeah, we are, we're eating big data. (laughs) Love that. Wowzers. Yeah. You don't want to manually reconcile any of that, do you? That's no, that's not, I don't have that much time on my hands. Yeah. No, neither do I. (laughs) So I know you've got an interesting story when it comes to like the way you've built up your team and, and how that looks Mm -hmm. and how that works. But why don't you just tell us a little bit about what your team was like before you started working um, with remote, with offshore based teams. And then I'd Mm -hmm. love to dive into, to the steps that what got you to here? How did you get to a point yeah. where you decided, you know, I need to do this now because, and I'll let you jump in. 
Yeah, absolutely. So our story has always been virtual and remote because being a work from home mom, I wasn't able to have employees work right with us. One, I was shamefully aware of the mess of my house and the three kids and various pets. So we've always leveraged a virtual remote workforce and have had some really great people working for us. Um, and being able to understand what we need to do to optimize that experience so that people can work virtually as well. How I came towards TOA was when uh, we, we had lost a key employee, a, a key person, a key team member in our organization. And we're really in a pickle to try and find talent that could understand the complexities of the data that we have. And that's ultimately what led me towards TOA. And I have a lot to say about it, but uh, that's, that's it in a nutshell. If we want to keep it brief, we'll dive in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I can't wait to dive in because I think, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard. I know your story, right? So I'm like, oh, man, yeah. I'm, so, I'm so excited <laughs> to just hear the, 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 those juicy bits. Um, but what were the things that held you back initially, right? Because you hadn't, yes. you've been in business for a long time before you decided you yeah. wanted to take on offshore team members. What yeah. was the catalyst for you to think, I need to make some changes? What, what drove you to this point? Yeah, well, first I'll talk about my roadblocks. So like Trent and I, we had this great conversation over a coffee. Um, actually, maybe it wasn't a coffee because I know you're not doing the coffee bit, but <laughs> let's just say beers and make it more fun. Yeah. But anywho, um, what I was experiencing with having a shortage of talent was trying to find the right people. And it, it was very difficult for me to find someone. And the first of all, the catalyst for change was, like I said, when we had lost that key employee, it was over Thanksgiving weekend. We like camping on Thanksgiving weekend. And I'm literally in the trailer. When my kids are outside and I'm working with the clients. They're frustrated. I'm frustrated. And I know that I can't be in this situation any longer. I need help. Um, it's not a sustainable issue. But the reason why I wasn't initially looking towards TOA or any other outsourcing organization is because I really had to think about what my roadblocks were. And I, I had to take some time and think about this. Like, what, what is my problem? What is my issue? What, what is my mindset? What, what's going on? And I, you know, I'm going to be a little arrogant and say, I do consider myself to be a fairly open person, very approachable. But I found when I really dug deep when it came to outsourcing in that topic and leveraging a team that's outside of the Americas is I had an unconscious bias. And it took a lot for me to, to really work through that and understand, you know, why, why am I not looking at organizations like TOA? What is that? What is that issue? Why am I uncomfortable with that? And what I really realized where that unconscious bias was coming from was myself as an accounting professional in the last 15 years, I've been hit really hard with a lot of organizations willing to, you know, have, I want to use the word disposable workforce, right? Work for, you know, pennies on the dollar. And, and I always found it to be very unethical. I think in the Americas, you'll find that sort of wavelength going across. And that's the unconscious bias I had to work towards, and not work towards, but kind of resolve in my mind to go, what, what is this? What, and, and is there any truth to it? And when I went looking a little bit deeper with different organizations that are out there for outsourcing, I did find that, but I did not find that with TOA. 
And uh, we'll dive a little bit more, but that's that's essentially what the roadblock was. The roadblock was my unconscious bias and the catalyst for change was I needed help <laughs> and that's a lot of it. <laughs> so interesting. I love that. And the big reason I think is because what you're saying is something I think I've probably experienced myself. I think we all have at some point because it's the fear of unknown. Mm-hmm. We don't know what we don't know. And as we start mm-hmm. to peel back the layers and we start to learn a little bit more, it's like, oh, okay, this this is not what I thought it was. But I think it's that negative mm-hmm. connotation that comes with, uh, you know, we've all had the, the phone calls before. We've all had the emails. We've seen things that are incorrect spelling on, you know, and all those different things. We're like, oh, man, like, why is this the way it is? Um, so I find that super interesting. And, I, and to, you know, trying to sit in your trailer on uh, holiday season, like Thanksgiving, that's, I wow. Know, right? uh, it's not cool. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's no, yeah, it really was a catalyst for change. And yeah, we were, we were, I was, I want to use the word scrambling because it was a quarter end coming up in Canada. We have, you know, HST, WSAB, uh, depending on which province you're in. Um, we had a lot of requirements coming up. We have a lot of quarterly clients. And I was looking at my caseload in uh, carbon going, oh no this it's it's going to get a lot worse and yeah. I, I, I need some, I need some great talent. I need some, somebody that thinks on the same level as me that understands the technology that understands the unknown in a way that's not afraid to walk into a storm yeah. and calm it down. And I need, I need those types of people that um, can take the initiative and, and really make something alongside with me. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, so I mean, taking it from that point, so why don't we dive <clears throat> just a little further? What was the next step? So you've gone through this yeah. period where you think I can't do this anymore. I need to make some changes. What was the very next thing you did in terms of researching and trying to find the right fit for you? Yeah, <laughs> I think like the number one answer is going to be like Google. <laughs> nice. <laughs> when in doubt, <laughs> when in doubt, go to Google. Um, but at the same time, I really looked at you know, different brands that were that have been around and present in my, you know, conference circuit that I've been in, different people that I know in industry, different, you know, different people that have been using firms like TOA and, and really reaching out and getting a, you know, a feeling for that. And when I was able to sort of fine tune it, I realized, you know what, I want to learn a little bit more about TOA. I wasn't getting, I want to say from a feeling standpoint, I wasn't comfortable with some of the other organizations I was dealing with. It, it didn't feel it didn't feel ethical to me. It didn't feel like the employees were going to be taken care of. It felt disposable and that's not what I want. I don't want that not only, I don't want that for me, I don't want that for my clients. And most importantly, I never want that for anyone that's working for us, whether they're in Canada or not. I never want anybody to feel that they are disposable. So the next steps were understanding a bit more of what TOA has to offer and really educating myself to get through that unconscious bias because it was prevalent. It, it, it was. And um, I had to be very honest with myself and open and question myself uh, with, with everything is, is this a good fit? Does this make sense? And uh, what it first started was, you know, initial call uh, conversation with uh, 
with an account manager just to get more information. And what I loved right off the bat was how professional everything was. There was a presentation, there was an agenda, uh, there was a recording, there was transparency in every step we took. So that not only was TOA covering themselves in the sense of I was fully informed, but I also felt like, oh, that's a video I can refer back to because there's a lot of nuances, right? When you're, when you're hiring an, an outsourced uh, team. And uh, I just slowly became more and more comfortable with understanding more of what TOA's vision is for their employees. And my number one question was not price, although I'm sure that's many people is always about price. That's, that's one thing. I was paying quite a bit for my team members. So price wasn't an issue. Um, for me, it was the, the, you know, the feeling that it's, it's, we're going to work together, that yep. it's going, that there's transparency and care in the relationship, that it's a mutual relationship. So I'll just pause for a second. That's sort of the initial stages that we took. Okay, awesome. I like all of that. That's great. So I, my, you know, my next question really dives into, you know, you've, you've, uh, you've had this unconscious bias. You weren't sure about what was ethical, unethical. You've done a little bit of research. You started spending a little bit of time with our team. You got more educated on our process and our approach mm-hmm. to working with, with firms. Uh, mm-hmm. you've then obviously made a decision. I'm going to be, become a customer. We're going to do that. So you've, yeah. uh, you were paid for your kickstart fee or, or whatever it is at that yep. first point. And I love that idea. I, I want to revert back to that little process of it. Cause I think we jumped a little bit there. What I love about the, the process with TOA is that it's a contractual basis, not only for me, but also to protect the employee as well. And I really like that because it's a commitment. It's like a marriage, right? It's a commitment. And I love that that is um, present in everything that we're doing and the cultural side that TOA has as well for the employees, whether they're working on-site or off-site, the birthday cakes on their birthday, the the bingo nights, uh, which by the way, I was horrible at. Um, (laughs) How can you be bad at bingo? (laughs) I, I don't know. I work with numbers all day. I guess it, I, I was tired. I don't know. I, I'm going to come up with an excuse. Trent, I don't like bingo. It's, it's like the easiest game on the planet, Jenny. You just pull out the numbers and you just got to stamp it off your card. Like uh, To me, numbers need to mean something more than a triangle. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Numbers mean different things to me. But um, I, I just really like the cultural aspect of that, it and, and the contractual transparency. It's interesting to hear that, I think, because I, from like you, come out of a, a fintech app ecosystem and I just love starting trials and like, you know, I'll do that mm-hmm. for 10 days, 14 days, and then you get to a different environment or you get to something that's playing in a similar space, right? We're still in the accounting, but it's obviously, it's not an application. There is no 14-day trial. It's a... Uh, no, you're hiring a real you're hiring a real person, right? Yeah. Like this person's just like be you your, would, whether you're in the Americas or not. It's the same relationship. Obviously, there's there's differences within that relationship depending on which country you're in. But the same thing. It's it's taking care of your employees is a, is a very important thing to do as a practice owner. And um, you know there are legalities regardless. And I love that Toa has really brought that through to make sure that it's a commitment for both people. And I feel, I feel like it, I, I get really great effort from my team because they know I have their back, that we're recording our training calls. We have processes built out. We have open lines to communication that uh, we're able to work collaboratively because we're all just comfortable knowing, yeah, we're, we're a team. 
we got this. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's awesome. So first employee that you went to hire, let's talk a bit through that if we can. So you've, uh, mm-hmm. as I was sort of alluding to, you've gone through this kickstart process. Yep. You then jump and speak to our recruitment team. <clears throat> what was that process like? I mean, have you, I um, you've recruited people before, right? So you yeah. might have had a, some sort of an idea, but h- how did you find going through that part of the I process? I loved it. I loved it because I, like I said, I was so busy that I did not have time to look for talent. And what I loved about that kickstart fee is it was like, it's a recruitment fee. Like you would pay a recruiter. It's, it's a professional fee where they, uh, where they as in TOA go out and source individuals per your needs. So you have to be prepared to know what your needs are. You can't just be a practice owner and go, well, I need help. That's not enough. You need to be more specific uh, so that the right talent can be found. And uh, it's, a, it's something I had to work towards because I, I needed to be more specific with, um, with what we were looking for because we use so many amazing applications, right? And, and we flipped data around on its head, right? So I learned from that experience, but the recruiting process was amazing and, and being able to meet virtually with the team members and evaluate them. I love the new onboarding system where, you know, I get presented with a resume and I either say, you know, yes or no, or maybe, and, you know, that call is scheduled within 24, 48 hours on average, uh, depending if the employee is still available, because obviously it's an open market for great talent. Yep. Uh, so I love that kickstart fee. It just, it's worth every penny. It just takes, it's just like somebody going and finding me gold. It's like, just go, <laughs> here, go, go find me gold. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It also initiates the beginning though, right? It's like, you know, where's the line between starting and doing something? And it's like, that's an easy, this is the line in the sand. Once you cross here, you know, everything, uh, we, we start from here sort of thing. So I always enjoy mm-hmm. it from that part of it. Um, mm-hmm. The So you've gone through that phase. You've had a few resumes. Talk me through hiring your first person. What was that like? Yeah, what, what, and yeah, probably absolutely. more so, what did you learn through that that you didn't think you would like what was the surprising things that came out of that for you sure well I'll, I'll revert a little bit further back to our third employee that we've hired now so we have uh Cherie starting at uh, next month and what I did this month with the kickstart program is I actually had Denise uh, sorry Kate pardon me <laughs> actually had Kate join the interview process so I thought that that was kind of neat to be able to bring in other team members to to work really well. So from that, what oh. I was surprised about was um, how difficult I am to let go. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, what are you talking about? Difficult? How uh, difficult What are you talking I about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch my husband be listening right now and just giggle. Um, but total truth, right? How difficult it was. Like, when Kate first started, we were slammed. Um, we were, you know, working on cleaning up files, taking on clients and, um, you know, all that good stuff. And she really walked into the middle of the storm. And, uh, you know, we, we had to, we, we work on a very open basis on our personalities. Obviously, I have a big personality. And what I love about Kate is she gets that and she, she ra- rises herself up to meet that. And, uh, what I really like is how she pushes for me to let go of some things. Like, I got it, Jenny. I got it. Like, the Zoom call's taking too long. I got it. Let me get started. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> learning to let go, uh, I think, was the biggest thing for me because I've always been in a situation where I felt I had to micromanage. Yep. And it was nice to to start being able to let go a little bit. 
obviously we'll talk about how I was able to do that with uh, our systems, but um, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so from Kate's perspective, what was her feedback? Like she's, you know, she's a team member, but now you're asking her to help build out the team. And what, what was that like for her? Oh, she loved it. So like in the beginning, like I said, we were, we were dealt, we had a big caseload that was, um, you know, accumulating on our end. And she was, she's a superstar. So Kate is a superstar. She does migrations to zero. She flips data. She's an Excel wizard. And the stuff that we had her working on was very junior like. And I knew that I hired big. I didn't hire small. I hired big because I wanted another Jenny. (laughs) I wanted someone else to help me with the onboarding. And so Kate was able to learn on a very grassroots level um, what our workflows were like to be able to help with the next person that was coming in under her. So we, we had brought in a marketing and virtual assistant between Kate and Denise, but now with Cherie, um, she will be handling that sort of the, I don't want to say lower level work because it's very important, like mm. the hub doc processing, yeah. the bank feeds, all that kind of stuff is all very, very important. But Kate will be taking more of a, of an advanced level. So she really appreciated that, being able to move to the fun stuff. <laughs> I love that. And I'm going to ask you what the fun stuff is in a moment as well. How, how did you think about So, Because you said something really interesting there, that when you hired Kate, you'd started training her, but then you're also thinking about how as you train her up, she'll be able to train other people. Mm-hmm. So like you've gone into this knowing that you need a team, right? And it's, uh, yeah. and I say this because I've met so many people like, yeah, we'll just dip our toes. We get one person, uh, but don't have the full process thought out. And that could be six months, nine months, 12 months later with still just one person in the firm, which is okay, but uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot more room to improve, right? There's so many other gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. how did you approach, like, what, what was that about? So like, how did you think that, okay, I'm going to, I got comfortable. I put one person on at what point do you think I really need to think through the other roles we're going to need in the next 12, 18, 36 months? I guess it just came down to our, our casework. We were, uh, getting some really great clients and we, I, we needed to be able to transition people quicker to the cloud. Obviously, the, uh, you know, the pandemic with COVID has really pushed a lot of individuals to go to the cloud. So that was really our driving force was having new clients coming to us, getting them, because there's always this nurturing and journey level that needs to take place. And it's very difficult to do that and, and give them that relationship they need if you're micromanaging the workflows of people that are already really doing well within the machine. Yeah. So yeah, like it, it takes, I want to say like at this point, you know, I had this divine intervention that said thou shall hire another tow employee. <laughs> <laughs> um, didn't have that. Uh, but what I, what I did was because we have open communications with everyone, I could see how Denise, uh, sorry, how Kate was getting sort of overwhelmed, not overwhelmed yeah. in a bad way, but it's like, yeah, this, this is slowing down and it's not an indication of her work. It's an indication of the volume of work. So then it becomes time to bring someone else in and let's, you know, keep it in mind. We hired larger, put her in a different, a lower role to get her used to our workflows. We want to rise her back up. So that's, uh, yeah, I'd love to tell you that at some point, a little flag went off. But I can't wait. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> well, maybe it still can one day. Who knows? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned you've hired Sheree. Yes. 
Yeah. She's your next starter coming on. Yeah, she starts uh, March 15th. Mm-hmm. Uh, very cool, very cool. T- mm-hmm. What's your training plan look like for Cherie? How do you plan for the new person coming in and what what's your process for keeping getting them up to speed and onboarded? Yeah, that's the unique one, right? Because we have so many different systems and so many uniquenesses of how we we don't just cookie cut our our workflow for clients, right? We we are paid on a level for working with higher higher value clients, if you will. So our our process for Sheree is going to be very much the same it is for Denise and Kate. We communicate every day over Zoom, and then we're available by Slack. Uh, the team calls it Slack slapping Jenny when they need attention, right? So we take communications out of email, but we have those uh, early morning calls for me where you know we're we're walking through maybe some potential issues, how we're going to solve it. Maybe it can't be solved right now, but we'll book it in for the next call. So Cherie will be very similar on those calls where she's involved in learning because there's a lot of learning that takes place from active listening, right? Yep. And then her go-to will ultimately be Kate, which will be great. Obviously, I'm still here, but I want to be focusing on the onboarding and the marketing side. Yep, perfect. Great, love that. So uh, listening, sitting on a, just to, to summarize that back, right? So we're getting Cherie to sit in on a lot of calls. You've got your, is it a daily huddle that you guys run? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, <laughs> daily huddle, you've got her reporting to Kate when she needs anything answered. Um, do you do, and this is just me asking, but any documented processes? I know you mentioned Absolutely. you do videos and all that sort of stuff before as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's important. I think that's important to anyone that's listening, documenting your workflows. If you haven't heard me preach this from the highest mountain, please listen to me now, like documenting your workflows, regardless of whether you're using TOA or anyone else is imperative. You have to take the knowledge outside of your brain and write it down so that it's consistent in the deliverables to your client's expectations. And so that important deadlines are met. But what were the challenges? Like, what did you have any problems or struggles with training the your, your remote teams the first time through? I guess for me, because I'm in the Americas, uh, the different types of applications that we use. So, you know, the big players are obviously pretty prevalent. So QuickBooks Online and Zero, But then we have all these really cute apps that integrate. And I'm sure the developers love that Jenny Moore just called their apps cute. I apologize <laughs> being the Canadian. I am. But it's so darn cute. Um, and then we have these unique CRMs that are industry specific, right? So that was a bit of a challenge, but we hired with the intent of looking for individuals that were naturally inquisitive. You you can't you can't teach inquisitive. You can't teach, you can't teach that. They have to bring that. So knowing that um, we're very upfront in all of our interviews that some days it is like a storm and you do need to be able to bring solutions to Jenny, not just problems. So, you know, being able to learn, being able to research, uh, taking in the webinars, taking in the training, looking at the help articles, whatever the case may be, is extremely important. So that would have been, that's a challenge, but I would argue that that's a challenge whether I was using TOA or not. Yep. Because I'm challenged sense. by that. <laughs> yeah. No. Good. Good to be upfront about it all and open. Um, so I guess listening in, right? You've got a lot of people that listen to this show that have never done offshoring before. They've never um, thought about it or, or anything else. What are you, just starting with the managing piece, right? What are your top three tips mm-hmm. for 
managing an offshore team and you've got three, you're about to have three people now. Mm-hmm. What, what you tell me, I'm a brand new person. What are the three things yep. I need to know about getting the best out of my teams? I think, um, you know, obviously good leadership skills is super important. So if I were to take all the workflows and the tech aside and just really focus on this human element for a moment, I think you're going to get the best out of your team when you bring that positive attitude and you, you come with the, when you've relinquished the unconscious bias. So you have to work through that and come through that from um, really connecting with your team on a compassionate level. And what I have found successful is not doing, you know, the dictatorship and, and, the, and, and you know, hiding them from my clients and you're almost ashamed of them. It, it seems to be some of the stigma of what uh, some of the accounting professionals I've talked to. No, they're beautiful people. They're part of your team. Bring them out front. Let them talk to your clients if that's what you're comfortable doing. But that's what I do. Um, these are, it's amazing talent that I have. I don't want to hide them. I want to tweet about them. (laughs) (laughs) And I do look at my Twitter handle at more details. You'll see it. So, you know, that would be one thing is if you're going on this journey, um, really be in that mindset of working through the, any unconscious bias you have about a disposable workforce and things like that really become educated first and um, think about how you're going to work as a human with these teams. That may seem obvious, but I I really want that to be prevalent. Um, Next thing I'm going to say it again, workflows. You have to start writing things out because folks, I can't believe I just said folks. So folks, you're not hiring mind readers. Like on Kate's resume, it did not say I'm a psychic. (laughs) She requires me to have items documented. Now, whether it's video, whether it's audio, whether it's written out in carbon, uh, we do short loom videos, we slack them to each other, we use screen capture. Uh, Think about how you're going to be writing things out. And at any point you experience friction, whether it's with your client, or whether it's with your team, it's because your workflows suck. And you need to fix that. And then obviously, uh, yeah, using technology behind it, communication is super important. You can't expect someone to do well as an employee, regardless of where they live in the world, if you don't talk to them. So talk to them and get feedback and, and really say to them, like I do every day, like, guys, I don't understand what you're saying. Show me, show me the visual, Um, you know, explain, keep explaining it to me. I'll, I'll get to understand it or whatever the problem is, because they're seeing things much deeper or I see things on a higher level, right? So really encourage them to, I want to use the words push back a little with you. Just allow them to push back. (laughs) Allow them to say, Jenny, this is wrong. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I've had that. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) How often does that happen? Quite often recently. (laughs) More or less on the marketing side. So if anyone's been uh, following our our marketing, it's obviously changed because of Denise. And and she's been very forward and I love it and saying, you did okay, Jenny, but we're going to do it this way. (laughs) That's perfect. I love that. That's got to be part of the whole letting go piece, right? It's uh, got to let it go. And I, yeah, I have a thousand stories around that. And any marketing team I've worked with will tell you, we love it when Trent lets go (laughs) (laughs) or just doesn't get involved. 
this is perfect. That's great. So just thinking through, um, you know, right then it was three tips. You had uh, communication, there was workflow, there was just treating them like real humans. I love that. How do you measure them as six? Like, how do you measure their success? How do you let them know that they've done a good job or how do they know what the goalposts look like? What's that like? So because our workflows are, are fairly regimented in carbon, those are our workflows. Those are our metrics. So, you know, we don't, we don't look at timesheets. I don't have time to look at timesheets. That's a fun pun, isn't it? I don't have time to look at timesheets. Um, I have used timesheets in the past and, and they work out, you know, okay. But for us, it's like, how fast can we get that management report out to a client? And how super happy can we make them? We make it pretty basic. Let's clear, let's clear our carbon workflows. That is what's going to work well. If there is client friction, how well do we handle it? How, how we want to make sure that our clients have such a great experience that they say something nice, right? So that's what really how we judge. I don't even use that word judge, but that's how we operate. That's how we, we know that we are succeeding. Um, we're, we're now working with Toad to be able to reward our employees if, if they've gone above and beyond to give them a paid day off. So we have a process to do that now. Uh, so shout out to Jack Butterfield, who's been helping us quite a bit. Um, that's a process that we'll be able to, uh, to provide. And I'm sure there's many other ways. If you think outside of the box, there's many ways you can give praise and um, acknowledgement to employees near and far. I love it. I love it. So we've touched on so many different elements, right? We touched about the beginning. We talked through um, the bias, the the unethical, um, you know, piece or the mindset around some of that stuff and trying to figure Mm -hmm. out what was going to be a right fit for you. We talked through hiring Mm -hmm. Kate and now obviously hiring Cherie. We've talked through the KPIs and the, the way you measure their success in the team. How, how, what is your clients, how do they feel about this? Like how, how much do they know about your team and tell me some of the feedback they've given you, if any, uh, on yeah. the fact that you're running your business this way? Yeah, we're able to be, because we're leveraging this team in such a, you know, an, an intensive way, we're able to get feedback sooner. And I think when you're able to solve that problem for your clients in resolving their issues or their inquiry or being able to get their management report sooner so they can report to their investors or, you know, a loan officer, whatever the case is, that's the stuff they're looking for. And, and just being able to hear, uh, you know, you know, it, it was funny. I was on one call with a client. So shout out to Chris. And he's like, so Jenny, you just got the, that's, that's nice, Jenny, you know, like let, let, let Kate talk. <laughs> So it's awesome, right? Like just removing myself as as barrier and allowing allowing their skills to shine through is uh, is really fun. So um, yeah, it's been a it's been a great experience. We don't we don't hide the fact we're we're very proud of our team, and uh, they do some really great stuff. I love that. I've seen some of it on Twitter before, all the different things that you share. So yeah, I always love seeing uh, those pictures, which is amazing. Uh, let's talk about you personally then, right? So you've got this team, you've built it up to three at the moment. How's this impacting Jenny life? Like I know you guys are like passionate uh, ice skaters. I see those tweets mm-hmm. uh, all the time. How does this help? Uh, w- what was Thanksgiving like since then? Thinking back to yeah. the, the last one or uh, sorry, the, when, when that last one occurred, how's family time now? Well, 
it's, it's very prevalent. So I do make my family uh, a, a huge focus in my life. So I, I, I do have a lot of goals in my life and a lot of uh, priorities and family has always been one. And so with Toe, I've been able to feel a little bit more secure shutting off on the weekend. So I call it a hard shutdown Friday nights. If even the phone goes off and it's just, it's, it's family time. We are, we're doing whatever we're hiking. Um, in my case, uh, we, we are not able to ice skate as much or figure skate as much because of uh, restrictions we have in Canada right now due to the pandemic, but we're, we're going out and doing something and I don't feel guilty. I don't, I don't feel guilty. Isn't that horrible to say? I don't feel guilty for spending time with my family when so many of my clients need something. I, I'm able to feel rest assured that, even though right now things are very busy and very complex because of, you know, economic circumstances that are going on in, in various countries. Um, I, I feel, I feel a little bit more relaxed if, if that's even possible to say, and I don't feel guilty. And I think as, as a woman, I, that's a really important thing to, to, to articulate well, where it's like, I, I feel that I have a team that is backing me, that we are doing things right. That, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm happy for you guys. This is, this is awesome. That's good. And as I said, I, yeah, I, I see all the, the fun things, the road trips, all the fun things you guys do all the time. So, and you know, that's, you're doing an amazing job of, and being open and sharing that kind of stuff as well. Um, which, yeah, I, I love all of that. I think work-life balance is super important. So it's, you know, there's no point working all the time um, and like at the detriment of your family, your values and all the, the fun things that you can wake up on a Saturday and go, yeah, I'm going to stroll down to the, in my case, the beach, pretend that I'm still drinking lattes and let the sea breeze wash through my hair. Like uh, if yeah. I was just sitting in front of my laptop doing reporting all the time, um, or trying to find the perfect GIF or GIF for my report, uh, then thing, things wouldn't work out so well, would they? Um, you mentioned at the start that the margins and the wages and things wasn't the priority, right? It was you were trying to fill a need. But just thinking through, I'd love to understand how is how is this impacting the, the profits and the margins of the business? Is this been a positive experience, a negative experience for you? Yeah, it's been very much a positive experience because we've been able to acquire individuals that are highly talented and highly focused on financial technology. Whether you, you know, invest in talent locally or off, you know, overseas or whatever the case may be, there there is going to be a cost for that. And is it really a cost? I don't know. It, aren't they making you money? <laughs> That's the important thing to to uh, consider as well. So. No, in this case, we've been able to flip around some pretty large migrations, and I've been able to focus on some pretty complex work while making sure that the day-to-day -day operations of clients that are already in the groove are taken care of and they're nurtured. And I think when you're able to focus on bringing more into your business, that's when you're going to see more profitability, right? So that's really where I look to is my time has now been freed up to be able to market more, to be able to bring on maybe more complex files and be able to really learn to, um, you know, take on different types of technology and data flow. Perfect. I love it. Thank you so much, Jenny. That was a great answer. 
Uh, as we sort of come into the end of the show, I always want to throw, and, and, and this is the first time I'm throwing a question back, but I, what, if you could share with us anything from your story, everything you've shared today, is, is there anything you want to add to or you think we've missed or something that was just really key for your experience going offshore? Yeah, I would say uh, what I'd really focus on anybody that is looking on a journey of hiring employees is do your research, ask the right questions, don't hire out of need, hire for that need. So really make sure you're asking the right questions that the talent is eager and adoptive to learning that is curious, that is super important. And that's where you're going to be able to solve your workflow problems. And that's how you're going to be able to scale your organization is when you really focus on the roles that you need and define them with those tasks, those workflow tasks really well. So really take your time with, with employees, regardless of where they are, focus on what it is you need. Don't just, you know, be in a hurry to, to get uh, someone and expect them to be a mind reader. You have to come with some responsibilities as well. Yeah, I love that. I, I often say that to my uh, team and the teams I'm working with. I'm like, guys, I'm not a mind reader. Like, I'm going to ask you 100 questions and vice versa. If you don't say it, I don't know what you're thinking. So, uh, it's communication's key. It's so important, especially when you're remote teams as well, right? Like, you can slack as much as you want. Damn, I miss slack so much. Uh, you can slack <laughs> as much as you want. You can jump on Zoom calls. You can text. You can do all these things, but it's got to be consistent and you've got to figure out what works for other people. You need to know how they can receive communication and what is um, what sort of feedback they need to hear in order to do mm -hmm. their job. Me, I'm a very specific person. If you want me to do something, be very specific about what you'd like me to do and when you'd like me to do it by because otherwise I'm sitting there going, what exactly do you need me here for? Because in my head, I'm trying to figure out is this the right use of my time, right? So mm -hmm. nearly every mm -hmm. meeting I step into, it's like, uh, cool, love the data. Tell me something about it though. Like what do you want me to do with this data? Because it's your mm -hmm. report. You know exactly what's going on in the report. Give, Please, if you can, tell me what you've learned from it and what things you need me to help you with as a result. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And that's uh, that's been a fun experience in the first sort of four or five weeks because we've so much data. Uh, but a lot of the time I get, you know, all these big fancy fat reports and I'm like, guys, love your work. Um let me, t let me show and tell you how this will work really well for me, right? I had to give feedback myself on how can I best learn so that I can best work with them as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jenny, you've been amazing. So, this is uh, – I'm going to mark this as a fantastic uh, episode. I can't wait to listen to it back. Um, for the people that are listening, if they wanted to get in contact with you, uh, what, what would be the best way to do that? Uh, website, email, social, what would you recommend? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty active on social media. Uh, majority of the network is probably on LinkedIn. So look for me under Jenny Moore, J-E-N-N-I-E. Uh, on Twitter as at more details, or you can go to moredetails.ca. Perfect. Well, Jenny, thank you so much. You've been amazing. I love hearing your story. There's so many good uh, bits and pieces to pull out of this. Uh, I think you could, you know, we could write lots of blogs and things on that as well. But thanks for coming on and thank you everyone for listening. We will see you again soon. Cheers, everyone. Bye. You're listening to the Outsource Accountant Podcast. To follow our podcast, 
visit The Outsource Accountant or head to The Outsource Accountant Podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. To connect with us on Twitter, look for our handle at Toa Global or find us on LinkedIn at Toa Global. Like our Facebook page at The Outsource Accountant. Catch you on the next episode of The Outsource Accountant Podcast. Thanks and have a great day.